This is your reminder that Karen, Delina, and Shalon are not professionals of any kind. If you need medical, fitness, or nutritional advice, please seek out qualified professionals that do that sort of thing. Well, hey there, you have stumbled into Sister Sharpen Sister, where three sisters get together each week and talk about first one thing and then another. Primary focus being health, fitness, and faith, but you never really know where our conversations are going to end up. But today, we're starting our series on sleep. My name is Delina, and I am joined by my sisters Karen and Shalon. And in this episode, we're going to talk about sleep. Mm, I wish I could get more of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not doing too good today myself. Some sleep disorders. We're going to talk about how to improve your sleep. Like your, I think it's called sleep hygiene. Yeah. And, um, and here I go, because one thing that, that, that lack of sleep can do for you is it can interfere with your train of thought and stuff like that. I think we all know that. Yeah. Just doing that right now because we're actually breaking it up into three portions. I'm going to be talking about sleep disorders. Karen is going to be talking about sleep hygiene. And Shalon's going to be talking about sleep and weight loss. Voila. See, I didn't even have to remember any of that because they, they, <laughs> they said it. <laughs> so we're going to start with um, sleep disorders, which is mine. And of course, if you go online and look, wow, <laughs> all kinds of them. So I pulled out information on what sleephealthfoundation.org considers the top 10. Now, I'm not sure how much information we need on all 10 of them, but I do believe that some of them we probably should talk about because I think they're probably more common than others. The top 10 that uh, sleephealthfoundation.org has listed, the top 10 are insomnia, snoring, obstructive sleep apnea, sleep hypoventilation, restless leg syndrome, bruxism. I think that's the way that's pronounced. It's basically grinding your teeth. Um, uh, Narcolepsy, sleep talking, sleepwalking, nightmares and night terrors, and rapid eye movement behavior disorder. So these are what they consider to be the top 10. I've heard all of those except the last one. Rapid eye movement and behavior disorder? Yeah, I've not heard of that one. Okay, that's something that I've actually suffered from myself. That is where you act out your dreams. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, I have heard it, just not termed to that. And the number one on the list that that I have here is insomnia, because I believe a lot of people suffer from insomnia, if not chronic insomnia, maybe what would be considered acute insomnia, which is just every now and again. Yeah, but I'm curious, though, as to how many people self-diagnose insomnia. Oh, they probably do. And it may not be, because certain criteria does have to be met in order to be diagnosed with any of these health conditions or any of these sleep conditions. Mm -hmm. You may think you have insomnia, but you just may have trouble going to sleep every now and again. It may be all it is. So don't necessarily think that you have it unless it's a continuous thing, like four out of five days a week or something like that, or, or, or you experience it 12 times during a month. And, and, you know, you know, it's, I wouldn't be too concerned about just having trouble going to sleep every now and again. Well, they call it when it happens every damn day. (laughs) (laughs) That would be chronic insomnia. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Okay, so insomnia is uh, when it's hard for you to get to sleep or stay asleep. And causes can be um, different things. It can, the possible factors can include worrying and stress, underlying health conditions, alcohol or drug use, 
Um, but sometimes you, you can't really identify what the problem is. You can go to the doctor, get diagnosed with it, and they can't really figure out what it is. Sometimes they don't know. You know, but stress and anxiety, I mean, I, I'm sure that if not the three of us, people listening to us have suffered from stress or anxiety and they can't go to sleep simply because they're, maybe their mind is constantly rushing with whatever it is that's bothering them. Yeah. Mine was diagnosed and it was related to menopause. Yes, that is actually one of the things that women um, in, in menopause or even after the fact can have insomnia. Poor sleep routine and a sleep poor sleep environment can also cause insomnia. So you need to make sure that, um, you know, that you wind down before going to bed. You know, don't go watching. Well, I don't know. For some people, it won't bother them. But if watching a scary movie bothers you, don't watch it before you go to sleep. And um, I know we've been hearing a lot recently over the past several years, actually, about the cell phones and, and laptops and computers and the smart TVs and how the light from them can interfere with your sleep. So shut them off and do something other than anything with a screen on it, maybe 20, 30 minutes before you go to bed. Yeah, we'll go over that when I go over the, uh, the sleep hygiene. Uh, lifestyle factors, drinking alcohol or, or using recreational drugs before you go to sleep can cause insomnia. Um, changing your sleep patterns can also contribute to, to insomnia. Um, traveling between time zones or like my husband, he works a, a swing shift. You know, he'll do one week on nights, one week on days, and one week on evenings. Now, they do give him days off, like there are times when he'll have a whole week off, and that's his normal work schedule is to have a whole week off. But it's going to be very hard for him to sleep with that type of, of, of work schedule. So that is also, can also be a cause of it. Yeah. Um, certain mental health conditions hmm. can cause insomnia, mood, mood, prop, mood disorders such as depression or bipolar disorder. Generalized anxiety, panic disorder, uh, PTSD can cause insomnia. And I think we've all heard about that. Mm -hmm. I live with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I do too. <laughs> I mean, not, not me personally, but in my household. Yes. Well, I, I don't, in I my don't household. yes, I don't have, I don't live with it, but I live with someone who suffers. Yes. Yeah. Schizophrenia can cause problems and give you insomnia. Um, some physical health conditions can cause insomnia if not just from worrying about them, simply from having them. Some certain types of heart conditions, respiratory conditions, neurological conditions, um, hormonal problems like an overactive thyroid, uh, joint or muscle problems. And a joint problem is what I have now with the torn meniscus and uh, the surgery that I had because I wake up several times a night because my sleep position becomes uncomfortable. It wakes me up. Yeah. You woke up because of the pain. Yes. Uh, even though I am taking a pain pill before I go to bed, after a while, it doesn't work anymore, and I'm shifting my position several times a night, and I wake up. Sometimes I get up, because sometimes I wake up, and I have to pee, so <laughs> I get them go pee, but <laughs> um, I, I, I do too. I, I used to not have to get up and pee during the night. Now I have to get up at least once <laughs> pee during the night. <laughs> there are sleep disorders that can cause a sleep disorder, because there are sleep disorders that can cause insomnia. Uh, sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, narcolepsy, night terrors, and sleepwalking, these can all cause insomnia. Long-term pain can cause mm -hmm. insomnia. I'm sure we can imagine why that would. And in women, not only uh, menopause or postmenopausal, but childbirth can also can lead to insomnia. Yeah, because you have a kid to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> Is that insomnia? <laughs> well, 
I, I don't, I don't, well, trouble going to sleep. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's interrupted sleep. Yes, it's yeah, interrupted exactly. sleep. That would be, uh, that, that, that would be under your, your criteria for this, uh, Karen, talking about your sleep environment. Yes. <laughs> Uh, now there are some uh, prescriptions or over-the-counter medications you can that can cause insomnia. Okay, some of them um, it talks about here is like antidepressants, uh, medicines for epilepsy. Some high blood pressure uh, beta blockers can cause insomnia. Some steroid medications can cause it. What does it talks about? Um, stimulant medications such as uh, for to treat ADHD can cause it. Some medications used to treat asthma can cause it. So there could be medications you're taking that's causing it. And if you have it, talk to your doctor about it because there may be some alternative medicine you can take that maybe won't have insomnia as a side effect. So that's always worth a, a, a chat with your doctor. It's, it's always hard to have to take one, one kind of medication and it causes a side effect. And then you mm -hmm. have to take another medication to counter that side effect. That's a problem. Yeah, so... Talk to your doctor because you may have to stay on that medication that causes insomnia. And like Karen just said, you may have to take another medication to counteract this, that side effect. Or if it is possible, there may be a medication you can take that does not have that as a side effect. Because mm -hmm. here's the thing, it's a side effect. Not everybody will suffer insomnia from that medication. So anyway, they may be able to find one that may have it as a side effect, but you don't experience that side effect. Now, treating insomnia generally involves um, uh, two things, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, which is shortened down to CBT-I, or sleep-inducing medications or a combination of the two. This has to do with positive lifestyle changes may alleviate symptoms for some people. Um, there's no best treatment for insomnia for any one person. You need to go to your doctor and figure out what is going to work for you. You may need you may need the sleep aid. You may not. You may do perfectly fine with just the 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 CBT I treatment. Oh, and just just so everybody knows, it's uh, insomnia. It can be acute or chronic, or or acute is also referred to as short term, and it can also come and go. So you may have periods of time when you're experiencing and periods of time when you're not. It's not necessarily around all the time. Acute insomnia, which is uh, the short term, can last up to three months and often has a cause like stress or something of the sort. Uh, insomnia is, I'm sorry? A new baby. <laughs> a new baby, that, that, that will do it. <laughs> um, insomnia is chronic when a person has trouble at least three nights a week for a month or longer. And if you don't get treatment for insomnia, it can last for years. That's my problem. You've never received treatment? No, just diagnosed with it. Oh. You know, I was offered... Um, Oh, the name of the pill just left me. Oh, start with an Ambien. 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 Yeah, don't yeah. do it. Yeah, no, no. And this was years ago. This was years ago. So, well, I can write you a prescription for Ambien and having given that medication many, many times, I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> okay. Well, now the, the other treatment other than medication, the C CBTI, focuses on restructuring the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that are contributing to, contributing to insomnia. Uh, CBTI techniques involve uh, stimulus control, sleep restrictions, and relaxation training. Most individuals who try the CBTI experience improvements to their insomnia and, and a better quality of sleep. 
Okay, and that takes care of insomnia. The next one is snoring. I did not realize that this is considered a sleep disorder. I didn't snoring. either. I, didn't I think either. it depends on the degree. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it does. And snoring can also be associated with having sleep apnea. Now that so, I do. Yes. And even though snoring may not be a sleep disorder for you if you're snoring, if you have a partner and you're sleeping with them, it's going to be a sleep problem for them. <laughs> so then, I, yeah, I have a sleep disorder in my bed next to me. <laughs> so snoring. <laughs> but it's a common problem. It affects uh, 40% of men and 20% of women on a regular basis. It gets worse with age and weight gain. Someone who snores can disturb their partner's sleep. We know that. And it can cause distress. I mean, yeah. So. <laughs> Didi, and, it just popped uh, in my head. What's that? When we were doing that halftime show for the Miami Dolphins and we oh! were in the room. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh. Okay, you got to tell the story now. One of the ladies that we were sleeping in the same room with was snoring and snoring. And it's like yes. nothing. Like nothing was working. You know how you do the, you may like cough or the girl who was lying next to her, like nudge her, pull a blanket, like nothing was working. And then I was like, give me a shoe. <laughs> she woke up. Oh, right. Now here's the thing. Um, before that, we we did think about throwing a pillow at her, but I'm like, I'm not giving up my pillow. And she says, give me a shoe. And my shoes were right down on the floor. I was going to get her a shoe. I was actually leaning over the bed to get her a shoe. Yeah, we did. It was like pillow. And he's like, you can't have my pillow. And I'm like, well, then give me a shoe. <laughs> and she I, woke I, up I, when you said that? Yes. <laughs> she, 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 she turned over. Yeah, she turned over. Her because, eyes got um, really big. And then she turned yeah. over. Yeah. So she heard you. She had all of us awake. All, three, yeah. all, all the three other people in the room were awake. Yeah, because those four of us <laughs> in the room together. Yeah, so it was... Yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, that kept that kept everybody in the room awake. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, it can be caused by a number of factors, such as the anatomy of your mouth and your sinuses, alcohol consumption, allergies, a cold, and your weight. Um, uh, when you doze off, the progress from a light sleep to a deep sleep, the muscles in the roof of your mouth or your soft, soft palate, yeah, soft palate. Uh, your tongue and your throat, they all relax. And the tissues in your throat can relax enough that they partially block your airway and vibrate. That's a little scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, the more narrow your airway is, the more forceful the airflow, airflow becomes. And this increases tissue vibration, which causes your snoring to grow louder and louder. Now, there are conditions that can affect all of this. Is it your mouth anatomy? Some people um, have a low, thick, soft palate, it can narrow, which can narrow your airway. People who are overweight may have extra tissues in the back of their throats that may narrow their airway. If you have large tonsils or adenoids, it can cause you to have a narrow airway. So all of these can be a, a cause for, for snoring. Of course, nasal problems, if you're like, have a chronic nasal congestion or a crooked partition between your nostrils or a deviated nasal septum, it can cause snoring or it may contribute to it. You're not guaranteed to have it. I'm not gonna say that. Not getting enough sleep, can lead to further throat relaxation. So if you're having insomnia, you might start snoring. Your sleep position. Snoring is typically most frequent and loudest when sleeping on the back. 
as the gravity's effect on the throat, nar throat narrows the airway. Treatments, lifestyle changes, if you're overweight, lose weight, avoid alcohol, um, close to bedtime, or sleeping on your side. Medical devices and surgery are available that may reduce disruptive snoring. However, they're not suitable or necessary for everyone who snores because everybody who snores may just, some people just may need to sleep on their side. Now, the next one down the list is obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, what it means is that you're losing your ability to breathe freely. It happens over and over while you sleep. Most people who have sleep apnea, they snore. But everybody that has sleep apnea does not snore. Okay, so just because you're not snoring doesn't mean you have it. But if you are snoring, you might. Uh, the period when the sleeper has trouble breathing ends with them waking up. And they may not remember waking up. It startles them awake because they're not breathing. And then they start breathing again. They just doze right back off to sleep. So they may not even know they're waking up during the night. But waking up and going back to sleep throughout the night like that interrupts your sleep cycles and it's going to interrupt your restful sleep. The main types of sleep apnea are, apnea are obstructive sleep apnea, which is the more common form that occurs when throat muscles relax and block the flow of air into the lungs. Central sleep apnea, or CSA, and obstructive sleep apnea is called OSA. Central sleep apnea is called CSA. It occurs when the brain doesn't send proper signals to the muscles that control breathing. Uh, then there is something called treatment emergent central sleep apnea. So a person who is receiving treatment for OSA may develop treatment emergent central sleep apnea. Treatments, okay, for model cases of sleep apnea, your healthcare provider may recommend uh, lifestyle changes such as losing weight or quitting smoking or, or something like that. You may need to change the position in which you sleep. Uh, if you have nasal allergies, your, your healthcare provider may recommend treatment for your allergies. If you're snoring because you have a cold, once your cold is gone, chances are you're not gonna snore if you didn't snore before. If those don't improve your symptoms or if your apnea is moderate to severe, a number of other treatments are available. Certain devices can be used to help open a blocked airway, and sometimes you may need surgery. Um, some of the therapies may be a CPAP. If you have moderate to severe obstructive sleep apnea, you might benefit from using a machine that delivers air pressure through a mask while you sleep. And CPAP is the most common and reliable method for treating sleep apnea. Some people find it cumbers cumbersome and uncomfortable and some people give up on it. But a, some, a lot of people, once they work with it off and on through a period of time, they'll find a mask that works for them because you may have to go through different types of masks to find one that works best for you. And you strap it on your head with these like these elastic bands and the elastic bands may not feel good or feel right, but you'll work through it and you can find something that, that's going to work for you. There are other airway pressure devices. Um, you may be able to use a different type of airway pressure device if you're not not easy and not, not comfortable with using the CPAP that automatically adjusts the pressure while you're sleeping. It's called an auto CPAP. Units that supply bi-level positive airway pressure um, also are available and they provide more pressure when you inhale and less when you exhale. Oral appliances, other options is wearing an oral appliance or an oral appliance designed to keep your throat open. Now, you might see a bunch of ads on television about uh, treatments for sleep apnea, but always talk to your doctor. Their surgery sometimes is available. The surgery options might include tissue removal, tissue shrink shrinkage, uh, repositioning your jaw, um, implants. They can implant soft rods, um, surgically implanted into the soft palate, nerve mm -hmm. stimulation, creating a new air passageway. Are you and, talking about 
tracheotomy? Uh, yeah. You may find this form of surgery if all these other treatments have failed. Um, your surgeon makes an opening in your, in your neck and inserts metal or plastic tube through which you breathe. You keep the opening covered during the day, but at night you uncover it to air to allow air to pass in and out of your lungs, bypassing the blocked air passage in your throat. That's a severe treatment for snoring. It is. It is. It is. Well, it's not for snoring. It's for sleep apnea. Okay. Well, even that, even sleep apnea. I, it, it is. Yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely. It is. Um, Get a, a bed that elevates the head and mm -hmm. sleep sitting up. <laughs> yeah, you can you can sleep elevated. That's that's an option that's outside of the surgical possibilities of what you might want to do. And it may be something as simple too as just having, if you still have your tonsils, having your tonsils removed. Yeah. Um, and also maybe um, if you're not a, if, if you're sleep apnea, you're snoring and sleep apnea, if they're caused by uh, being overweight and everything you do, nothing works for you, there is bariatric surgery, weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an option. Supplemental oxygen is something that can help you, um, you know, and they're working on this all the time. These doctors are, you know, uh, doing it, research and all kinds of stuff. There's, there's improvements every day on all kinds of medicine. So just because we're talking about this today, it doesn't mean next week there's going to be something really grand and wonderful that's actually going to help it a lot more than any of these do. Sleep hypoventilation, that's when the muscles we use to breathe um need to be told to do so by the by the brain when we when we sleep there's left drive to do so from the brain when i was reading through this i was like well what's the difference in um sleep apnea and sleep hypoventilation right yeah i was just getting ready to ask that okay the difference is sleep related hyperventilation is a reduced oxygen flow during sleep while sleep apnea is a temporary stopping of breathing during sleep okay uh, restless leg syndrome. And I got to tell you, when I first heard about this disorder, because I saw advertisements for medication on TV, and I'm like, really? That's a real disease? That's not a real disease. But then I experienced it. It's a real disease. Yeah. <laughs> because when I experienced it, I was like, Lord, I am so sorry. I was wrong in doing that and saying that, thinking that people don't suffer because it is a real disease and it's awful. Yeah. Okay. I experienced it one time. So if you see those advertisements and you're upset like I was, because that's not a real disease, yes, it is. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Sister Sharpen Sister. Join us next week when Shalon talks a little bit about what happens when we have poor sleep and we're trying to, well, either lose weight, gain muscle, stick to a good nutrition plan. You get the picture. Would you like to get in touch with us here at Sister Sharpen Sister? Here's how. Follow us on Instagram at Sister Sharpens Sister. And join the conversation by sending us an email to sharpsistertrio at gmail.com. You can find everything Sister Sharpen Sister exclusively on Spotify. We appreciate all of you for listening and hopefully you will join us next time. Talk to you later. Bye. The end.